Good morning to uh, Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all the assembled devotees. It's totally impressive to have the TSI group uh, having their program here this weekend. And hopefully this will not be the last time. I'm really hoping it isn't. And I'm hoping that they hear this recording so they hear this part that says, come back again. Very enlivened, enlivened group. We're reading, we're starting to read again from Srimad Bhagavatam. First canto, first chapter, six texts. But before we read, we always like to get the nectar, uh, the mercy of Lord Krishna. And to understand the love that he shares with Radharani is love that we should have for each other. That's unconditional love, regardless. And we do that by singing Jaya Radha Madhava. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari
Jai, Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai, Shri Sri Radha Kalachanji Ki Jai. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's very nice to have the group here. You bring such energy into the Dham. Not that we don't have energy, but you bring in such a unique energy that we are definitely praying that you do this again and again and again. Um, we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 1, Text 6, and I wanted to put it up on the board, but it's it's uh, somehow or another that the chalk is running around somewhere and we can't seem to find it, so... What I'll do is I'll read the text or the shloka. And if any of you have um, your um, internet and you can go in to the text, uh, then feel free to repeat it. Otherwise, I'll just do it uh, three times. And we're covering... topic of Canto Canto 1, Chapter 1, Questions by the Sages, and we're reading text 6. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Gnyanatimranda Sriganandra Sri Guruve Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale. Swayam rupa kadam, I am the dati swapadandikam, vancha kalpaturubias chakripas and dubia eva cha, patita nam pavanevio vaishnavibia, namu namaha, jai shri krishna chaitanya prabhu nityananda, sviadweta gadaraha shivasadi gora bhakta vrinda, hare krishna, hare krishna, krishna krishna, hare hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, text one. Uh, I'm sorry, text six. Rishaya ucha twaya kalu paranani satihasani chanagaha akyatani api aditani dama sastrani yani uta Rashaya ucha twaya kalu paranani satihasani chanaga akyatani api aditani Dhamma sastrani yani uta rashaya ucha twaya kalupuranani seti tasani chanagaha akyantani apiyaditani dhamma sastrani yani uta. So word for word, 
Rishaya, the sages, Ucha, said, Twaya, by you, Kalu, undoubtedly, Brahmani, the supplements to the Vedas with illustrative narrations, Satihasani, along with the histories, Cha, and Anaga, freed from all vices, Akiantani, explained, Api, although, Aditani, well-read, Dharma Sastrani, scriptures giving right directions to progressive life. Yani, all these, Uta said. Now the translation here is, the sages said, respected Sutta Goswami, you are completing, you are completely free from all vice. You are well versed in all the scriptures, famous for religious life, and in all the Puranas and the histories as well, for you have gone through them under proper guidance and have also explained them. Again, the translation. The sages said, respected Sutta Goswami, you are completely free from all vice. You are well-versed in all the scriptures, famous for religious life, and in the Puranas, and the histories as well, for you have gone through them under proper guidance and have also explained them. Namo Vishnu Bhadaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shimadi Bhakti Tirtaswami Jinamani Namaste Krishna Bhai Prabhupada Sri Atmane Sri Guru Guru And the purport is a Goswami or the bona fide representative of Sri Vyasudeva must be free from all kinds of vices. The four major vices of Kali Yuga are one, illicit connection with women, two, animal slaughter, three, intoxication, four, speculative gambling of all sorts. A Goswami must be free from all these vices before he or she can dare sit. On the Vyasasan. No one should be allowed to sit on the Vyasasan who is not spotless in character and who is not freed from the above mentioned vices. He not only should be freed from all such vices, but most but must also be well versed in all revealed scriptures or in the Vedas. The Puranas are also part of the Vedas, and histories like the Mahabharata 
or Ramayana are also part of the Vedas. The Acharya or the Goswami must be well acquainted with all these literatures. To hear and explain them is more important than reading them. One can assimilate the knowledge of the revealed scriptures only by hearing and explaining. Hearing is called Shravana, and explaining is called Kirtan. The two processes of Shravana and Kirtan are of primary importance to progressive spiritual life. Only one who is properly grasped the transcendental knowledge from the right source by submissive hearing can properly explain the subject. Um, and again, not to overstate the obvious, um, the TSI group is a group of young individuals um, and from the impression that I get, they are um, knowledgeable in the scriptures. So the uh, lessons here um, is mainly how to hear properly from someone that is bona fide to give the scriptures. And the basic, basic foundation of one that should be giving the scripture is one who has overcome, uh, mainly working on overcoming, the uh, four vices, illicit sex, intoxication, uh, gambling, and no meat eating. Sometimes uh, when we go to India, sometimes, if you are not knowledgeable of who to listen to, sometimes we can be caught off guard by individuals that are wandering around and they're sprouting the scriptures. Um, it doesn't happen so much nowadays because most of the devotees uh, or the individuals that are coming to the temple have been given instructions on who to listen to. In India, it's almost as if every door step or every home has an altar. The important part of starting the Srimad Bhagavatam is that, first of all, you hear it from someone who knows exactly what they're talking about. But what's also important is that you hear it with submissiveness. And that's a really sensitive word for most people because it means that you drop your guard and you just let whatever happened, happens. But the circumstances here are totally different from the material world where you are submissive. You are dropping your guard. You are being submissive to hear the words coming from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. At some point, we have to believe in someone or something. The scriptures are set up in such a way that different um, different Vedas are written depending on where a person is in their life. A particular uh, scripture is for um, 
a person that just wants to connect with the Lord. Another scripture is written for one that is seeking knowledge. And the other is, and these are kind of like the three main ones. It's, uh, thank you so much. Those that are actually, um, those that want something from the scriptures. And that really isn't the way that we're supposed to approach the scriptures. What is also important is that even though there are, I believe there are 400,000 shlokas in all of the Vedas, there are 18,000 in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And when I was reading Canto 12, chapter 12, text 2, what really enlivened me and made me feel really good was that even though I may not read all of the Vedas, let's say the Mahabharat, um, all, of, all of the Puranas, everything that is necessary for one to live their life properly, all of the instructions are given in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And what is essentially special about the Srimad Bhagavatam is that Lord Krishna is mentioned as the worshipable one. What is also important is that when you read the scriptures, it is possible that you'll go through and you won't understand a thing, because I did that. I did it because it was like a requirement. I was taking a, it was similar to a bhakti riksha class. So we started with the Bhagavad Gita and the instructor or the, um, the individual that was teaching encouraged us to read the nectar of devotion um, and on and on and eventually to get to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Well, I read it the first time, didn't understand a thing. Then I read it a second time and it begins to have an impact on you. You have some understanding, but what's important is that we take the opportunity and we hear from those that are knowledgeable. Don't assume that you can just quote the scriptures and you are just well-versed in Krishna consciousness. A parrot can repeat the scriptures but not follow it and not understand it. And one should not follow anything blindly. If you were sitting in a class, whether it's a university or in the temple, if someone is speaking something and you do not understand Don't hesitate to raise your hand and ask a question. Believe it or not, somebody else wants to do it too, but what's important is that you don't feel like you're not an intelligent person because you don't understand. What one needs to understand is even the demigods, you know, speaking of understanding, even the demigods cannot completely understand Krishna. What to say of reading the Srimad Bhagavatam and trying to grasp each time the essence. What is also important um, that was noted in the scriptures is that when one is speaking from the scriptures, it's important to speak it in such a way that depending on the audience that you have, 
that you're speaking to the audience, which means that 10 different people can get up here. And there can be different personalities that come into the room. But you have to have some type of understanding of who it is you're reading to, who it is that you're instructing, which means, and it falls back on Srila Prabhupada's time, place, and circumstance. Keep the essence of the scriptures, but make it in such a way that it's palatable, that it's understanding, that one understands it. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever looked at something continuously and you thought you saw it, and then a year, five years later, you looked at it again, and it's like, I didn't notice this before. Well, this is kind of like the Srimad Bhagavatam. You can hear it, and depending on what's going on with you at the time, you can hear every single point, or you may hear bits and pieces. So what's primary is the art of listening. The art of listening and the art of being able to explain what you've just heard. Basic. Basic. And I know that I read this um, when I first read the Srimad Bhagavatam, but there was so much going on at the time that I read the scriptures that this was a blur. This was all a blur. What to speak of the fifth canto. It was so deep and so heavy. But the point I want to make is when they're giving a description of a Goswami, any of us can be in a position to, let's say, to act as one, but we would never call ourselves a Goswami. We should be able to read the scriptures and explain it to someone. It doesn't mean you have to have this extensive vocabulary of repeating all of the shlokas, knowing them backwards and forwards. It's good. I would never tell anyone not to be able to do it and not to study, but we all have the capacity to read and to explain the scriptures. What's impo- what is also um, important is that Unless you're able to do this, and the key line in the purport of text six was like the grabber. It was almost like the explanation that pulled everything together. And that statement was only one who has properly grasped the transcendental knowledge from the right source by submissive hearing can properly explain the subject. So no matter where you are and what you're reading right now, even if you have not read completely the Srimad Bhagavatam, all is not lost. You actually have an opportunity now to understand the proper approach in reading it. And... We are so fortunate as devotees because there are so many temples around the world and we have so many learned uh, sannyasis, gurus, that come from time to time and they go over the scriptures and they explain it. In my particular situation, my guru was Bhakti Tirta Swami and 
not to say that he was the only learned guru, but he was very well versed in the scriptures. And I did not actually realize the importance of guru and how they were not just regular individuals. They are not regular individuals. They're put in that position, given that title for a reason. And Bhakti Tirta Swami, whenever he would visit, when I was in Michigan at the time, whenever he would visit the temple, he would pick um, a shloka, a text, and he would go over it, and he would explain it, and he would break it down. He wouldn't just read it, um, read the shloka, read the translation, and talk above the head. Sometimes we have a habit of speaking over someone's head. And maybe it's something that most people can't help, but just having Bhakti Tirta Swami as that type of individual to show that when you're talking about something as highly important as the scriptures, it's important to know what you're talking about. And maybe there may come a time when there is something that comes up where you're reading and you, you're about to give a class and you're kind of stuck on something. You don't completely understand it. Do get the understanding of whatever that is that you're not understanding. But it's okay to say, I'm not sure about that right now. I can get back to you. Um, most devotees think that when you speak of the scriptures, you have to be picture perfect. It doesn't happen like that all the time. What is important is that when you are given the opportunity to speak from the scriptures, and especially in Radha Kala Chanjidam, we're given the opportunity to come before the Lord and in other temples. I always ask, for the mercy of my Guru Dave, and I always ask for the mercy of the presiding lordships so that whatever happens is because I've done the very best I can and I've also gotten the mercy of the Lord and Guru. And I always say, if there's a mistake made, don't blame it on my Guru. Blame it on me. It was something I didn't get quite right. But... Sometimes you can be put in a position where you might stumble over a shloka. You might not repeat it perfectly. It's okay. Getting to, getting to point one where you read in a submissive mood, in a mood of hearing, and in a mood of understanding is how one should approach the scriptures. Um, Basically, that is text six. And I know that most of you in here are initiated, I believe. Um, what are some of the things, I'm just, I'm just curious, what are some of the things that you may have looked for when you selected a guru or... Um, Diksha or Siksha Guru, what, what, what are some of the characteristics that you found in your guru that made you say, that's the one that I want to follow? I'm just curious. I'm opening it up. Anyone? I think for 
Shemeshori. Uh-huh. This was the relationship that I was meant to be in, and he's the one that's going to take me back because, not because, not just because of my desire, but also because of his desire mm. in some spiritual way, and um, and that just like, you know, solidifies my understanding that he believes in me. Mm. So, do you you have that relationship with your guru so that? Everything that you desire to want it in him is there. Right. Good. Um, there was a, uh, there was another point. I don't want to be radical about it, but sometimes you'll hear individuals speak about, I don't need a guru. Shirley Prabhupada's books are here, but you must have a teacher to teach. You must select a teacher to instruct. It is very important. We are not that... <laughs> Don't take this the wrong way, but we are not that intelligent that we can just... Well, most people, you may have some rare souls that are invited here to the world and they know all these things, but we don't always know everything. And sometimes the most difficult thing is accepting what someone says to us or gives us instructions on. And that is what a guru will do. It isn't his responsibility to just give you compliments and saying positive things because that's not helping you grow. It's not that you're being picked on or picked apart, but like a chunk of coal, in order for it to become a diamond, you've got to rub at it. It has to take uh, pressure, resistance, and that's what we go through. But the most important thing that I could ever tell anyone that's sitting and listening to the scriptures is that you have crossed the threshold. You've gotten your foot in the door, and you are given the opportunity to hear from the Lord, to take his instructions, to take to bhakti yoga, and to stay on the path and gradually to get back home, back to Godhead. But don't make that your main goal. I mean, there's so many things that you can be doing on the way. But the point is, you're given an opportunity. So no matter what happens in your life, and you will be challenged. As a devotee, you will be challenged. It's like Maya wants to make sure the very best gets to the spiritual world, to Krishna Loka. So you're going to have your challenges. The thing I want to say is never ever let this go, never, ever give up. That's why you got to have a connection to a learned soul, a guru. And to take it a step further, try to develop a connection or a friendship with someone um, because we are not islands. We are just not all by ourselves. We're a family here at Kalachanji, uh, Dom, it's a unique family. We have to have this community-like atmosphere. And sometimes it's even more 
mm, family-oriented than our own family. That's okay, too. But the point is, we have to realize that we are all part and parcel of the supreme personality of Godhead. There is no stopwatch that's going, that's going to tell you when you should have read this, when you should have read that. We're all from individual spaces. Take your time, get an understanding of the scriptures, and be certain that you are following the right individual. If there is a question in the scriptures, we're we're discussing it now, but in the Bhagavad Gita, there are characteristics of, I believe it's characteristics of a devotee, but it gives you the guidelines of how you should be um, acting, and it also gives you the guidelines for a guru or a sannyasi so that you just don't follow just anybody just because, oh, they talk so pretty, they sound so nice. The scriptures are flowing so nicely. If they have the essence of what they're talking about, if they're following nicely, then that's a there's a very good possibility that might be the individual to follow. But um, even though some of you are initiated, it's not good to just jump into anything. This is important. This is not ordinary material. Take your time. Study it, ask questions, and then pass it on to someone else. And if you want to, and you're thinking, I don't know how to talk to anybody, I don't know how to share the scriptures, all you have to do is have a sincere desire. Krishna will arrange the circumstances and the situation. Real quick, before we end, um, when I started in Krishna consciousness, My main service was maybe cooking in the kitchen. Um, And don't make light of washing the pots because there's something about washing the pots in Krishna's kitchen that grabs you. I don't know why, but it attracted me. I was possessive about it, really possessive about it. But uh, at that time, I was uh, yeah, doing the pots and then gradually... I went on to do Pujari Seva. Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but Krishna knows your heart, and every single individual has some specific quality that they can give to Krishna consciousness. So don't try to duplicate what someone else is doing. You have a specific point, uh, responsibility. And when you are ready, for instance, to um, to preach, that's the point I was getting at. Um, never went out on book distribution. Well, maybe once. But the point is, when you are sincere enough, Krishna will arrange the circumstances. Two, three years ago, we had a situation in uh, Dallas where there was a, um, a shootout with the policeman and an individual downtown. And something came to my mind, I don't know, because it didn't come from me. It had to come from Guru and Krishna. That we as a temple needed to connect with the um, the police department. And I checked around to see who wanted to go. It, really no one wanted to go near any police departments at the time. 
I took it upon myself. Oh, Krishna arranged, Guru arranged, that I took it upon myself to take Srila Prabhupada's books and Bhakti Tirta Swami books and some sweets to every single Dallas police department uh, in the suburbs. And that was my way of preaching and sharing. And I didn't know what to expect. And that's another sweet thing, too. When you go out and you take one step, Krishna takes ten, takes many, many steps, and he's there to assist you because the response I got was amazing. And that was just one thing. Um, Just understand what Krishna consciousness is all about to the best of your ability. Follow properly um, a Goswami, a guru, and pass it on to someone else. Okay, so I'm going to end at this point. Does anyone have any questions, anything you want to add, any comments? Anything. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the... It just, kept, it just grabbed me right away the last sentence when you two were just focusing on the listening submissively. Mm. And um, I feel like it's speaking to me because, you know, in Tulsa we're in the service of sharing Krishna consciousness. And I'm, like, confronting my own, like, lack of faith mm. in the process. And so, you know, just through this class, it's, it's making me ask, like, am I listening submissively? Mm. Um, because it seems like everybody else around me is so convicted, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm only, like, halfway. And so, I guess my, so that's why I really appreciate the class. And, and I think my question, my follow-up question is, you know, because I have such a, a you know, a curious, questioning mind, and, and I, you know, I come from a family that's very um, cerebral and questioning. Mm-hmm. How do I know, like that, like that I'm walking that fine line, or that I'm over that fine line of being challenging versus submissive? Like I just feel like it can be difficult to know the difference if. Right in between. Between listening submissively and challenging. Mm. So how do I know when mm. I've crossed the threshold of listening submissively? That is interesting because um, I was going back over uh, the beginning. I was going back over the beginning of uh, uh, Canto One, Chapter One, and one of the points that was made kind of follows in line with what you just said. It says that, and if I remember where it was, I'll I'll read it exactly, but the essence of it was that when you were learning the scriptures um, and you have questions or, or, or whatever, don't do it in a challenging way. Do it because you were curious because you really, really want to know, not because you want to challenge a person's statement. Um, and if you take it a little bit further, when you're speaking of the scriptures 
And, uh, and I'm thinking that that's what you're saying. Someone is sharing the scriptures with you and you want to challenge it. You think about it, you're actually challenging the Lord. And who are we to challenge the Lord? Not to say that you can't ask questions, but that's why it's important to be submissive. And that's a big step for a lot of people. Submissive. Men, women. That means, okay, I have to listen to what you're saying and hopefully accept what you're saying. But because I am a curious individual, um, and, and this is not a really good description, but because I'm not the type of individual that listens and just lets it go, I need to challenge something. Sometimes the most important thing is just to hear it, let it sink in, and before you challenge, ask yourself, why are you challenging it? Um, what's the reason? Is it just because that's your nature, and would that be one of the reasons that we're back here in the material world? Because we were in the spiritual world, and Things were going in such a way that we just challenged this and questioned that. And we couldn't understand that we were in the perfect situation. And we just had the mood of challenging. Now, that it challenged, and that is kind of a rasa. But it's not a transcendental rasa. It isn't. It's one where you're accepting and you are developing friendships and you're developing it goes on um the uh the five the different rasas that i read the other night but to keep from going any further the point is when you feel like you want to challenge is it based on um the fact that that's what you did um as a family member and that just became a part of you and is it a part that is now important to bring into Krishna consciousness? Or should we shift our gears a little bit and try something different and just listen and accept? And if we have a question about it, ask a question. But to be in a mood where you're just challenging the statement, if it is the scriptures... It is, as the Bhagavad Gita states, the Bhagavad Gita as it is. No need for anybody to rewrite it. It was written perfectly by the Lord. Except in life, we are accepting something, whether it's a qualified whatever practice we're accepting. This is higher knowledge and we were perfect in it before. We're here now because we either wanted to be like the Lord, challenge what was going on, or just to be totally different and have different desires other than what was purely transcendental in the spiritual world. Now that kind of, that summarizes it and minimizes why we're here, but the importance is, um, the question is, when you're challenging, um, just out of curiosity, what are you challenging exactly? Is it a statement or... Um... Yeah, I think what 
almost like I want to be defeated, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's why I really appreciate like what is this like tapping into what is your desire? Is your desire to just to challenge because you want to be like overtaken or or do or are you letting it like marinate before crushing it? And I think that's a really awesome That's a good one. Good one. Like good one. And then if there's some kind of troubling after like a day or something, mm-hmm. um, or after a few minutes of just taking it in, then you can push into not to have like that, that mood of like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, like the passionate mood of, of not accepting. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for that. What you said about uh, letting it marinate, that is what we really need to do because the information here is very intense. And if we're hearing it again and we don't remember that we've heard it before, yes, we have a tendency to question it. But what I found out is that I kind of did some of that. You know, when Guru Bhakti, His Holiness Bhakti Tirtha Swami would make a statement, it's like, how does he know? How can, how does he, where is he coming from? Who does he think he is? But, I never stop wanting to study the scriptures and to be a devotee. And somewhere along the path, Krishna showed me that, first of all, I was spinning my wheels and wasting time, and there was no sense in trying to invent the will because it was perfect. And the scriptures are perfect. It's our minds that have become, our senses have become contaminated coming into the material world. So we don't exactly see things clearly. And probably the best thing to do before we want to contest a statement or disprove a statement is to hear it and make sure you understand it first and let it sink in. And maybe wait, not a couple minutes. With me, I need 24 hours. I've got to really think about it. And also a big factor is Pray to Krishna that what you are reading, you will come to understand. And he will help you accept the fact that these are his words and they are perfect. And it's we right now that are imperfect. And we need to make some adjustments. And that was the biggest thing for me because I thought I knew everything. And I thought I was perfect. But it was the best lesson ever that I've ever had. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it again. Because the end result is happiness. Uh, It's an understanding of what you read is to your benefit, completely to your benefit. And to think anything other than it's meant for somebody else, you miss out on so much. The big thing that um, I did, though, was I prayed a lot. And I asked for the guidance of the Lord to instruct me to accept uh, what I needed to accept and to understand. And I tried to curb my tongue um, to just hold off and wait. And understanding comes at different points in time for most people, so don't ever give up uh, trying to understand a point. Um, but you'll find that from the scriptures, someone is reading it and understanding it. Um, and I've heard people say they'll ask three different people 
You know, is, is that really what it said? If that's what you need to do, do it. But at some point, we have to accept that it is what it is. And to accept it will enhance our growth here so that our path, um, our devotional path, would be a lot easier getting back home, back to the spiritual world. So we'll end at this point. No other questions? Yes. Yes, Krishna Dave. You're thinking about food? Are you hungry? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, but I was thinking, like, when you're, um, when you're cooking something, you don't let it marinate if it doesn't need to be marinated. Mm, good point. And so, like, the longer it marinates, the more flavor it absorbs. Good point. Absolutely. That's a very good way of describing uh, acceptance of the scriptures uh, and relating it or comparing it to the marination of food because um, if it is not seasoned properly to be palatable, you won't accept it. Uh, And I don't want to take away from the expert way that you put that. But you're absolutely right. It is important to marinate uh, on a thought. Um, sometimes it may take a little while, but if you've heard the truth, think about it. And then at some point in time, if you really are trying to grow, ask Krishna for some strength and understanding it. And it'll come to you. Krishna takes care of his devotees in so many ways. In protection, in knowledge. He gives you the knowledge to remember. uh, The intelligence. That's why it's important to submit to him, to the knowledge, to let it flow. This conversation is reminding me of something. Yes. So, um, when I was taking dance classes on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I started taking um, classes that were a little bit more advanced, and we would learn, like, a dance phrase, like, a series of movements. Yes. And I would have such a hard time getting it, and we would be, you know, practicing it, like, for an hour that mm-hmm. one class, for that one class, or, like, 30 minutes or however long. And I wouldn't get it by the end of the class, and it would be so frustrating. And then a week would go by until the next class, I wouldn't have practiced for anything, mm-hmm. but then I re-attempt to perform that phrase, mm-hmm. and I would just get it. Uh. And it was like that, that marination, it was like, my body just needs some time to assimilate like what I just took in and what I just learned before I could actually like perform it and like understand what the meaning of it. It does, because you wanted to learn that. And that's another thing, too. You want it to learn that movement, that step, that dance. And with the scriptures, if you really want to learn it, to understand, 
let some of the things that are questionable to your mind, even though it may have been explained, let it sink in. Let it sink in. And I always say sometimes, if it isn't grasping you, put it on the shelf and revisit it later. Because at some point, if you're meant to get it, you will get it. The only thing that will keep us from not getting it is that our false ego gets in the way. You know, that part that says, oh, I know more than you know. You may have written a book, but I know. But uh, those, are, those are good points. And they're good points no matter what stage in Krishna consciousness you're in. Thank you for being here, Krishna Dave. Um, Shameshwari uh, devotees from Telsa that have the uh, Telsa Yatra rocking, really, really rocking. Um, very proud of the group and how they've developed and where they've come. They've come from a long way. Um, and they've got a, a really nice, uh, really nice group of serious individuals there. So we'll end at this point. Sri Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda. Haribo. Haribo.